Welcome back to the Sporting Max Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Becker's Facilities. High pressure washing, facility maintenance, builders clean and commercial sanitizations. They do it all. Check them out at beckersfacilities.com.au. Here's your host, Max Becker. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Sporting Max, where today we are joined by Melbourne United basketball court announcer and Marvel Stadium ground announcer, Wayne Peterson. Welcome to the podcast, Wayne. How are you going? Yeah, excellent, Max. Thanks for having me, mate. Uh, so, Wayne, can you tell me about your early childhood and um, what sports you like growing up and what you were like growing up? Well, I grew up down in Port Melbourne, down near the docks on the on the beach, and uh, was very much a football sort of area so I played football during the winter and I actually played baseball during the summer so worked on that bit but then as I grew up I realized that football was very hard on the body and yeah (laughs) and very physical and I was I got a lot of injuries so I pulled out of football when I was about 18 played a little bit of basketball and uh yeah and sort of played basketball till I could you know not run anymore with bad knees but yeah Oh, you mentioned playing baseball. What was that like? Yeah, I really liked baseball. I was a centre fielder. Sometimes it was sort of a bit boring when you're out in the centre field. But no, nah, baseball was good. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, wasn't that good a batter, but I could throw the ball pretty well. So they stuck <laughs> me out in the centre field. So it was all right. When did you sort of take start to take an interest in, in announcing and things like that? Oh, well, I, I went to high school with a, a guy named... Um, not sure if you'd be familiar with him, Andrew Gaze. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so 100%. I went to school with, well, I was actually in Janet Gaze's class, which Andrew was a year below me and I was with Janet and um, we became friends sort of towards, you know, through high school. And then I started taking an interest in basketball when Andrew and Janet used to live at the old Albert Park Stadium, which would be yep. way, way before your time. There was a little shed over on the grass near the golf course now and, and that was the basketball stadium they had nine courts there and Lindsay Andrew's dad used to live next door and Andrew used to live next door to the basketball oh. court so he was the caretaker and so that was Andrew's backyard so I started going over to the basketball stadium playing a little bit of domestic and I used to have a competition on a Wednesday night called the Big V where yep. the team's Teams like St Kilda Saints and Nunawad Inspectors and the Coburg Giants used to play in this competition. There'd be three games on a Wednesday. And and Bruce Palmer was a, a guy, I'm not too sure if you're familiar with his name, he used to coach in the NBL as well. He was an announcer there and he gave it up and they asked me if I wanted to try it. And only, there'd be only 50 people that would go to the games and, yep. and I got paid $7 a game. <laughs> and uh, so I did that. And then... Um, Nigel Purchase, who was an ex-NBL player as well, his dad was the court announcer for the NBL team back then, the Melbourne Tigers. And he retired and uh, they offered me a trial to um, have a go. And I did a trial and that was about 30 years ago. How did, yeah, so that's like, is that sort of how you got like the job as um, that court announcer? Yeah, yeah. So I had to... They didn't want me at the start. They they wanted someone that was a, off radio. They wanted a radio guy. Huh. They, they trialled a radio guy and he, he didn't really know what the rules of the game and that were. So they um, they said, well, you can have a go for one game and we'll see how you go. And that was one of our first games at Rod Laver Arena. 
And uh, they said, well, yeah, you're okay. So we'll let you stay for a little while. <laughs> what was that like coming into the Tigers to be like such a sort of large part of the club? Yeah, it was awesome because I, they were all my mates. So Andrew, Nige, Mark Bradkey, Lennard, we were all mates back then. So we all used to hang out, you know, after training, after games. Andrew used to train at, at Alba Park on a Monday. And then after the games would, the domestic games would start about seven o'clock and he'd play domestic with us. So we'd play with oh. him in a, in a domestic game. I think we went three or four years in a row where we won the grand final every year because he'd get 50 a game and we'd win. So we're all friends back then. So it was really good to be involved. What was it like to be friends with like some of those guys like I mentioned, like Gazy, um, Mark Bradkey? Yeah, it was good. It didn't. You don't really think about what their status and that is. You just you just mates and you do mates things. You go out and play pool. You go to the beach. You go and hang out. You, you know, yeah. You just just do things together as mates do. Can you tell me about your role at the Tigers and United and what that consists of? I've had a number of roles there. So early doors with the Tigers, I was the announcer, but I was also uh, for a little while the operations manager. So I used to run all the game day setup and game day competitions. Um, put everything together like that. So I was in the operations manager for a while. Um, I've now drifted in with Melbourne United as being their sort of promotions guy. So I drive a double-decker bus <laughs> and I take the double-decker bus to schools and we do the You Got Schooled or it's now called uh, Game Time by Kmart and all the team play against um, against the school. So I drive the bus there and set up the, the PA system and um, have a really good day at, at primary schools. What's that like to drive um, a double-decker bus? It's slow. <laughs> <laughs> has a top speed of 60 kilometres an hour. So it doesn't go real fast. And if you're on the freeway, a lot of cars go past and bip you and tell you to get out of the way. Oh, but no. um, it's very slow, but it's easy to drive. It's not hard to drive. It's just really, really tall. And so yeah. you've got to watch out for bridges and trees. Now, correct me if I'm wrong here. I've heard that you own two Subway franchises from 2004 to 2012. How did you get into that position? Been doing some research, brother. Yeah, mate. Uh, I had I had uh, a subway originally back when it first opened at Marvel Stadium. Well, back then it was oh, yeah. called Telstra Dome, I think. It's yeah. had about four names. So I started a subway there with another guy. We had a partnership and then I moved on from that one and I purchased one in Clarendon Street, South Melbourne. Um, they were really good. It's a great franchise. If anyone wants to get into franchising, Subway's a really good franchise. But then I wasn't working in it and my wife was working and she didn't really want to work there that much and someone came in and offered a, offered us a good price, so we sold out. What was that experience um, of sort of owning a few franchises of sub Yeah, it's good. Franchising's good because they, well, good ones are good. They give you good support. They tell you exactly what you do. What you, I can still remember you put 42 grams of lettuce on a foot-long sub <laughs> and there's three slices of tomato on a six-inch and six on a foot-long. So there's all these measurements. So they, they tell you exactly what to do, exactly how to make it, and that'll make you money. And, yeah, it was good. In 2005, you became the Eddie Haddle Telstra Dome um, ground announcer, and you're still in that role today. What's it like to be at that ground um, and be there for sports and concerts? Yeah, it's awesome. When I haven't been there all this year, which is bad, because I hear the <laughs> announcers up in Queensland calling out the names, and I get really sad. But... um. <laughs> But it's great. I, I have a job where I I love it. It's uh, I go and watch sport and I get paid to be there. So yep. 
Um, and then I go and see all these other concerts and stuff. So, yeah, it's a job where I don't really think about it as a job. Don't tell Marvel Stadium this, but I'd probably do it for free. <laughs> don't, don't tell them that. But, um, yeah, it's a job and I really, I really miss it. It's been a year of sort of no sport, no live sport for me. So it's... Um, yeah, it's been really hard to deal with, but we're going to get through and hopefully we'll be back to normal next year and, you know, and basketball will come back as well. In 2015, you got a role at um, Melbourne United as a sales executive manager. How did you get that position um, and what is, does your role, uh, what do you do as, in that role? Yeah, they gave me that position because they thought I'd talk a lot. <laughs> as, a, as a salesperson, you've got to talk a lot, so... I wasn't doing anything else at the time, so I thought I'd give it a bit of a try. Um, I was only there for a year or so, so I'm trying to sell corporate boxes and things like that and sponsorships to people. Um, it's actually really hard. It's, it's a job that's not for everybody. It's a really tough job to go and ask companies and things, especially in different times, for money to you know, put into the club. So a lot of the time they've got to have a, um, some sort of link and have a passion for the sport rather than just say, you know, here's 50,000 for a box. So it was difficult, but I did it for a year and it was um, always a learning curve, always try something outside your comfort zone and that'll make you better in the long run, Max. In 2017-18, in that that season, United won the um, championship. What was that like to be courtside in that game five game um, and sort of feel the energy and what was it like to celebrate afterwards with the team? Yeah, well, throughout the career with the Melbourne Tigers and then United, we'd been to, I won five championships, but yep. I'd never been part of one that had been at home. With the Tigers, they'd always won and it was an away game. Yep. And sometimes it was at home because it, it was against the Magic and the Titans. So sometimes it was at our home ground, but I wasn't the announcer. So it was oh, an away yeah. game. So I'd never, I'd never been caught announcer of a home game grand final win and that was that was the first time so it was it was one of the best because of that because I was the home team and I was the announcer of the home team to get the win and it was uh something special I can't remember the days afterwards but you know (laughs) on the night on the night it was good this year you had your 30 year anniversary with um makes me sound old Max you're making me feel old (laughs) With the Tigers slash United um, as the court announcer. Um, and you guys, I saw that you celebrated it at a game, actually. Can you tell me about that day and um, what these sort of 30 years at United and the Tigers have meant to you? I didn't know about, I didn't know what was happening that day. Uh, my family had kept it from me for a month or so. They'd been organising oh. organising it all. So I didn't know that the other fellas, they had Andrew and Nige and Mark and at the game. And they snuck them in sort of just before the start of the game, put them in a box, which I didn't know they were there. And so I went through my regular announcing of the teams. And then the guy that sits beside me, Gareth, who runs everything that happens on the court, just tapped me and said, stand up, get up, get out on the court now. I said, what? I said, mate, we've got to do this. We've got to do the anthem. We've got to do... He goes, no, 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 go, go out on the court now. I go, what for? And then I look out on the court, I see Vince out there and there's a holding a jersey and then it, <laughs> and I was like, oh, jeez. And uh, I get a little embarrassed in, in uh, situations like that, but it was, it was awesome. What The level that they'd gone to to, um, to get my jersey made, to have the fellas there, the family there was awesome. 
So far, you've been at um, Eddie Hatz slash Marvel Stadium for 15 years. What's that experience for you been like so far? Yeah, really good. I sit up in this box. I don't know if you've been to Marvel or Eddie Hatch. Yep. You've been there? Yeah. <laughs> so there's a scoreboard and then on the other side, there's these two boxes that sort of... Yep. I sit up the top of one of those and in an office with a desk, a computer, a TV, a telephone, internet, a fridge with, <laughs> with drinks, and I watch the game. And sometimes I don't watch all the games because they do get a little bit boring sometimes. Yeah. And uh, I have been known to fall asleep and then they wake me up just before quarter time. Oh. But, um, <laughs> but no, it's awesome. I, I sit up there with a bunch of people that run the scoreboard, um, the scorer and all the cameras and we have a really good time. And it's, it's not like work. It's just like we're hanging out at a sporting event, watching footy, getting paid for it. So it's been really good. Other times I've been to the concerts there. The USA game was there. Oh, did uh, you the, announce that? No, I did not, Max. I was not chosen to announce that. They elected to bring a, a guy from the US who oh. was a good guy. He's, um, he's a Brooklyn Nets announcer, Olivier. I actually are still friends with him on... Um, on Instagram and stuff. He's working currently in the in the bubble. Um oh, yeah. the NBA. He's he's one of four announcers that they've got in the bubble. So they brought him out to to do the announcing. I thought I would have been quite fine to do it. I was I tried to put my case forward to do it, but they said no, we're bringing a USA guy out, but that's that's okay. We all um we'll strive to get the best out of ourselves. I didn't make it then, but I was at the game and uh, it was a great game. First to be, especially the one where we won. What was that atmosphere like to be there? Unbelievable. Um, when, when the Boomers won. Yeah, unbelievable. It was, uh, it was, it was special. That many people cheering and going crazy was, um, I was down on the floor too. I went down here. It was next level. Fantastic. I've been to lots of Marvel Stadium games and, um, United games um, and like watch you um, do the announcing there. Get a bit crazy too sometimes, Max. Yeah. Um, how do you pump electricity into like the atmosphere and like you do? I don't know. Just it's people say, oh, do you prepare to go as crazy as you do? I, no. And the game starts <laughs> and I just uh, I just go with the flow and I just feel like I'm sort of getting part of the game, which I shouldn't because I've got nothing to do with the game. But I, I try, I try, I try and just bring the crowd with the excitement that the players bring. Um, sometimes, if the if the games are a little bit slow, you know, it's hard to get the crowd going. Um, it's all about the team and the energy and, and what they bring, and then I just help it along. And the music guy, and we work together, and we just try and pump it up as much as we can. What's it like trying to like pump it up, say if the team's down? A bit. Yeah, it's, it's it's tough. It's tough because you know people are. Everyone's got the emotion. So if if the team aren't playing well, everyone's sort of sitting down and a little bit down. If the yeah. team are playing well, everyone's up and excited. Yeah. So we're going to try and get them when they're a little bit down to get up and excited to try and help the team get the momentum to get them up and excited. How far can you sort of see your roles at United and Eddie had going? I don't know, mate. I'm 56 now. I'm getting pretty old. I'm not sure. Maybe if you're in training, you might be ready ready to take <laughs> over. But uh, I hope they just keep on going forever. I just want to keep on going. I, you know, I sort of talk about this year and I always thought that I might get fired or moved on because I was too old, because oh. I used to forget what to do or because I may have 
sworn on the microphone or something. <laughs> I didn't think I'd lose my job because of a virus that came out of China. So <laughs> it's been uh, it's been interesting, but hopefully we get it back and it goes on for many years to come. What would be your advice to anyone trying to make their way into a position like yourself and be part of a sports club and announce games? Yeah, there's there's plenty of opportunities around for, for people. The, the little games, like they do the big V games and the local games that they do. So there's always an opportunity. And I never, ever asked what money I was going to get paid. If someone asked me to help them out and fill in and do a job, I'd just say yes. And if there was money there, I'd get it. So I've never gone in and said, I'm not doing it unless you pay me this much money. Yeah. I, I did it basically because I loved it. And the money, a little bit of money comes with it. But um, but there's heaps of opportunities. Just go there and have a crack. Just be yourself. Don't try and copy anybody. Just be an announcer. Just talk. Just say what's happening. And just enjoy yourself. Thanks, Wayne, for coming on the Sporting Max podcast. been absolutely great having you. Awesome, Max. Good luck with everything, mate. Stay safe up there. In, oh, mate, you're in the, the dream part of the world anyway. You've got the beach. You're in regional. You're out of lockdown, so you're living the dream. Yeah. We're locked down down here. So, yeah, enjoy yourself, mate. Hopefully, come and say day at one of the games or something. Just um, come down, tell the security guard, I'm Max, and I'm going to see Wayno. <laughs> sure will. Tune All right, in. buddy. Good on Tune you, mate. Tune in, everyone, for some more Sporting Max. Thanks for listening to Sporting Max. Please like this episode and follow us on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and tune in. This episode was brought to you by Becker's Facilities, your one-stop shop for facility maintenance services.